Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Car Tech Garage, where Max and myself keep cars interesting. What up, Max? You know, going to talk about some cars. <laughs> yep, every single time. Got to love it. Some good, some bad, you know, a little bit of both. But So this is going to be a new segment called To Drive or Not To Drive. You know, the question that everybody always asks when they come in this shop, you know, what? okay, I have this vehicle. Obviously, I've seen you way too much recently. Yep. I'm looking at buying something new. What's your opinion? And that's kind of a loaded question when you're talking to yeah. someone in the service industry because There's so many variables you got to ask people. Yeah, we're going to tell you that it's they all, all kind of stink. Yeah. They're all going to break. It just yeah. depends on how much you want to spend exactly. when they break. Exactly. How how much do you want your neighbors to be jealous, and how much do you actually want to spend on your car? Because the two go hand in hand. They really do. <laughs> they really do. So to drive or not to drive? Now I'm going to kick off with one you should never buy. And, and it's a Chevy Cruze. Yeah. And we're going to be starting <laughs> off with kind of the more common ones and, and start building into to little ones. But these will be the kind of the biggest ones notable right now that I've seen too much in the shop or not enough of. Especially used. Now, back to that. The first Chevy one, Cruze. The Chevy Cruze. The Chevy Cruze. The Chevy Cruze. Is that all we need to say? I mean, pretty much. And even if you get it in different trims, it doesn't matter what engine's in them. Oh. It sucks. really does. Now, the 1.4 turbo is the worst of the bunch. The 1.8 oh, is not as bad. still has its particular failures. But if you are looking at a 1.4 turbo Chevy Cruze, this also um, is in the Chevy Sonic, same exact garbage motor. Um, don't buy it. For the love of God, don't get it because you'll be putting turbochargers on it, turbocharger lines, valve covers. In fact, just yesterday on Friday, what we found was this guy who had brought in a Chevy Cruze 1.4 liter turbo. He had already had the turbo replaced, all the turbo oil and coolant lines replaced. He'd already had the water outlet replaced, the thermostat replaced, the valve cover replaced itself. And he was still leaking oil and still all this stuff. But he brings it in. He's like, Wes, it's got this chirping noise. Um, you know, he called me a few weeks ago about a chirping noise. And I was like, well, I know a lot of times the, you know, the uh, little vacuum diaphragm inside the intake yeah. manifold will blow out and it'll cause, um, you know, uh, basically crankcase pressure to escape into the valve cover and it'll cause like a chirp, 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 chirp noise. So we took off the cap and the little plunger was still in the intake manifold. He brought it in and it's got a brand new valve cover on it. It's a dormant part. So, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, but yes. I'm like, what the hell is that noise? Everything looks hooked up. Um, you know, it's, it's got the right amount of crankcase pressure and everything. It all seems to be normal, but just chirp, 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 chest, you know, obviously it's not a belt issue. It sounded like it was coming from right within the valve cover. We took off the oil cap and it just got louder I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, is it maybe like camshaft load that's scarred yeah. or something that's Internal. not seated right? What we found was that the OENGK spark plugs, they were, they were tight. They were tight. It was blowing compression through one of the spark plugs. What? Yeah. I'd never seen it before in my life, and it was making a chirping noise. It's like the block was cracked, essentially, or the head no, was no, cracked? No. no, no. The spark plug, the porcelain had developed a gap in between, and it was actually blowing through the... Uh, the um, spot where the actual um, the actual tip is. Really? Yeah. And going through that, through the porcelain and up, and it was making a chirping noise as the cylinder compression escaped through it ever so slightly. So we're checking everything, and I'm like, Let, let's take off that coil pack. Let, let's look at those spark plugs. Let me see what they look like. And we saw a bunch of carbon around the number two cylinder. I'm like, I bet that's it. Yep. And it was. We put new spark plugs in it, took care of the problem, still a piece of junk. 
but the guy's going and selling it. Thank goodness. So I feel bad for selling it too, but at least he's out of it. So let's, let's summarize on what we do know that's wrong with it. And this is one of those cases where I get a call. Hey, I've got a Chevy Cruze. And first question is, what kind of engine do you have in it? Oh, 1.4. I'm like, turbo version. Yep, yep, yep. And they go on. They're like, either one of two things. Well, three things. I've got a check engine light on. Mm-hmm. I've got a coolant leak. Mm-hmm. I've gotten an oil leak. Mm-hmm. And then the number fourth that I'll throw in there for a freebie, I've got a check engine light, coolant, and oil leak. <laughs> All at the same time. And immediately... I'm already thinking, okay, we've got the oil filter adapter housing, which mounts right to the mm-hmm. lower portion of the block. You've which got is the oil cooler, the yep. oil or all of the Inlet plastic lines. coolant lines that yep. break on this. Then we also have the turbo feed lines for oil as well as coolant. Mm-hmm. Then you also have the turbos that go bad. Yep. You also have the converters that I'm seeing a lot go bad. Yep. There's actually a, an oh, update and that's, for this. That's too, all until you are stuck because your shifter's broken. Exactly. <laughs> then you've got that. Now, other than that, you know, the rest of the vehicle, yeah, I mean, suspension, brakes, they're pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, all the doors open and close nicely. Um, wiper transmissions do go out pretty frequently, so you really can't see in the rain either. Point being is, as a general synopsis, to drive or not to drive on the cruise? Probably not to drive unless to you've drive. got a lot of money that you just want to keep spending on it. Oh, and if you really like sitting on the side of the road. Yeah, that too. Yep. If you like those t- two things, you can buy a Chevy Cruze. Yeah. And trying to find a one in the junkyard is not reasonable because it's probably blown up. All right. Now, I miss sty- stifling my vomit. Let's talk about one that might be a little bit better. What about the four liter Jeep Cherokee? The first generation four liter Jeep Cherokee. And it, this is just an iconic engine that oh, no matter goodness. what, sure, they have their problems, just as the They're high not mileage. That many. They have oil leaks after 200,000 miles. Yeah. And usually that it's a valve cover or an oil pan. Or your EGR tube gets clogged. That's about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, other than that, performing tune-ups, you know, you have coils bad if if you don't perform tune-ups regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll have your minor normal failures. General maintenance. Alternators don't put a bunch on. In fact, the only things that I've really seen cause people breakdown issues have been cam and crank sensors. And it's an intermittent issue that yep. you can't find. So unless exactly. you know them well enough. Yep. But then you throw those in and the truck runs forever. We had exactly. a lady 410,000 miles on her 1994 Jeep Cherokee with a four liter. Mm-hmm. 410,000 miles. Now this thing was rotted out beyond all reason. The body oh, yeah. was almost gone. <laughs> but what's funny is you'd hop in that Jeep and you would not know a thing. The first time I saw that Jeep when she brought it in, her name's Nancy. Nice lady. Super nice lady. Um, first time she brought that Jeep in, I was like, oh my God, I'm not touching anything with a 10 foot pole. It looks like it's about to rot away. Mm-hmm. But you get underneath of it, and even though it's got surface rust, the frame rails were still solid. Even the leaf springs in the back were good. I mean, everything was there. It was covered in rust, but it was good. You would hop in this car and it would drive like a brand new Jeep. Yeah, I'm not even so. kidding. She'd done what was necessary, it had new shocks. She took care of the brakes, kept good tires on it. And you'd hop in this Jeep and it had no play in the steering wheel. The trans shifted perfectly because she always did all the fluid uh, change yeah. intervals. And it drove really nice. It, it really did. Right at the end of overcomplication of everything, mm-hmm. emissions being complicated on everything. Yep. You know, it was right at that time where they had found the recipe for just a very reliable, had your normal breakdowns, you know, to be expected of things that go. As long mm-hmm. as you stayed away from rust, yep. the biggest one. Those things were, I mean, almost bulletproof. Like Absolutely I've seen very few that have been blown up. 
Exactly. Unless I mean, they you could just drive ran that thing to the oil. depths of hell with the AC on full blast and come back out with only a few singe marks on your eyebrows. I mean, the truck would be just fine. So this again, the synopsis is if you can find a clean one to drive or not to drive. Absolutely to drive. To drive now, 100%. Only backup I'll say on it is if you are looking for ride quality in a car and what this vehicle is in, that's going to be the only determining factor whether to drive or not to drive. But for me, I love the XJ square body Cherokees. As long as the body's good, engine's good condition, why not drive one? They're Absolutely. worth it. Yes, they are. All right. The next one up. The EcoBoost Ford F-150. Now, I'm going to center on the 3.5, not the 2.7. So, Max, what do you see with the 3.5-liter EcoBoost? Well, I'm going to start off by saying that this is one of those that personal opinion. I love the characteristics of the engine. I so love the sounds. I just love, I love them. You know, that they're great. Now, owning one, whole different story. So, if we're getting number one, the bigger repairs, which I've done quite a few of these, are you're putting turbos on it. The turbos go out, they're leaking oil. So and now you're usually consuming like 80,000 miles. Or if it's not the case, you are now putting the turbo feed lines onto mm-hmm. oil and coolant while you have the turbo off. And yep. you've that's a you know half a day to a full day worth of repair. Mm-hmm. Just doing one turbo. Yep. Yet There's alone two of them, both. even mine. Um, now along the lines with that, you also are pushing an engine very, very heavily. And as the joke I always make, you can either eco or you can boost. You Mm -hmm. can't do both. So not doing regular oil changes because they recommend a, I think 10,000 mile mile interval. And a twin turbo 3.5 liter V6 that's stressed that much pushing 400 plus horsepower on a consistent basis used for towing. It's not going to hold up. You got to change the oil more often than Mm -hmm. that. But that's still not going to keep your turbochargers from failing. It's Mm going to keep your timing chains from stretching, which is another common issue on them. (laughs) It is because you're pushing them. You're not changing your oil. So, I mean, if you're pushing them, I've seen, and and this doesn't just apply to the F-150, as you might imagine. They also have them in the Ford Flex, the Ford Explorer, a couple other models, a couple Lincolns. Um, this 3.5 liter EcoBoost is a great engine in terms of its design and in terms of what it's, you know, kind of able to do when it's in good condition in terms of its efficiency and its power production, because driving one is a ton of fun. There's, you can't drive. There's no truck that you can drive. That's more fun. That sounds like you're in a little turboed sports car. It has, you know, the low end, you know, good, good fuel economy to an extent, but also at the same time, if you want to, you know, light it up, you You absolutely can light it up. But after, you know, 60 or 80,000 miles, you start to see some of the degradation of these components because they're, they're just simple Borg Warner journal bearing units. It's not like they're a really high quality turbocharger. No, no, to Brook Warner, but it's not the best turbocharger. They're overstressed, they're undersized, and they are packaged in all these different cars in such a way where heat extraction is not really the primary concern. Mm-hmm. That's why they've got all these lines of coolant and oil running to them so they can lubricate and cool them with, with fluid. So when you put all that additional stress on all these components, of course, you're going to have failures. And like Max said, you've got turbocharger failures, tons of oil and coolant leaks. You've got timing chains that stretch. You also have, because of these turbos blowing through things and causing excessive crankcase pressure, you've got PCV systems and valve covers that are blowing out. The left side <laughs> valve cover on those have the PCV systems in them, and it blows and out the and diaphragm. once again, a half a day job yeah. to fix. And that's only until you hit 90,000 miles when you start having the four-wheel drive actuators go out in the front and you think you have a turbocharger going out because they're vacuum assisted. So every single time you get into boost, it'll start to make this terrible noise like a... It's trying to go into four-wheel drive. And it's trying to enter four-wheel drive. And then you got to do both of those. And uh, and it's a nightmare. (laughs) That's where with these EcoBoost that 
you know, as a, a, as I told, there was a gentleman that came in, you know, a few days ago at the shop and I asked him like, Hey, you know, what kind of engines in this? And he goes, Oh, I don't really know. Like, I'm not sure he's at 60,000 mile range. And he came in and I looked at him and after service, I looked at him and said, I just want to let you know, you made a really smart decision. He kind of looked at me like I was a little crazy. What do you mean? I said, you have a five Oh in this. Mm-hmm. That was the best choice that you could have made when buying one of these yeah. Fords. And I'm like, there's too many issues, but for me, it's a case of, as I said, I like the characteristics mm-hmm. of it, that if you're really going to need towing power, might as well go something to tried and true. You're going to spend a, a decent amount yeah. of money more in getting a power stroke yeah. with If you're a primarily towing, do a diesel. Diesel. Yep. It, it is built to be that way. It's built to extract power, and yep. you really and don't have that don't many fail. issues. No. They, I mean, those I won't Well, not <laughs> fail in the same catastrophic manner early on. You know, you're, you're talking 300,000 miles, the turbocharger blows. You're like, oh, piece of junk. No, it went 300,000 miles just yeah. fine for you. It's a diesel. It's meant to be. Exactly. Deep. But on these EcoBoost F-150s, we're just not seeing the longevity. So- that being said, on the final tally, this one's a tough one because it's all about what you want to spend and what you've got. Because exactly. if you're looking for the market for a new or gently used and you're not going to keep it a long time, definitely to drive. Yeah, if it's, because if they're so much fun and they're so cool. Warranty? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you're looking at a at a used vehicle and you're looking at a nice used truck to get work done with for a long time, mm-hmm. and then keep low overhead and a lot of uh, you know low operating costs for a business or something not to drive. Yeah. And the, the whole point for me, the biggest factor is looking at the fuel economy of the five liter, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a coyote, what they put in the yep. five liter Mustang, a little bit different because yep. it's a truck engine yep. versus the 3.5 EcoBoost. That miles per gallon's not that much different not when you're actually using it versus yeah. the reliability, the spending or repair costs, all that stuff. So if I had a recommendation to get a Ford, Get the five liter. Would be the five liter. And now that would be a yes, a hard Absolutely. yes for me. Yeah. That's that's a hard yes for sure. Three five, have fun, get rid of it before it's out of warranty. Yeah, or buy a five <laughs> oh and just run that Yodi all the way. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, next one up. The two point two liter Camry. So not the two point four liters that were known for burning oil, but the previous generation, what I like to call the salmon style Camry. Because mm-hmm. it looks the like a salmon fish. Style. And I had one. A two point two liter. Now these cars are, in my opinion, some of the best cars ever made by Toyota. The first timing chain one that came out, and it never, ever had any issues. Yeah. Never stretch change because it was such a low RPM engine. They still recommended 3,000-mile oil change intervals, still really thick piston rings, and they just ran and ran yeah. and ran. I had ran. one, and that was one of my first cars I got. It was through a, a family member. Um, it was an older vehicle. It did some work to it. It only had, I think, 80,000 miles on it, mm-hmm. and this would have been... I think about 10 years ago and it was a 92 Yep, by far my favorite car. I wish I would have never gotten rid of it. Of course the seats were faded. The paint yep. was falling off cause it was white and it was one yep, of those yep, that had the paint yep. issues, but that thing ran. It was so much fun. Like I remember and being they ran so smooth and yeah. they rode so nice 16 and I pulled up next to one of my buddies and he was in um, a 2.4 liter Scion TC uh-huh. pulled up next to him and I'm in my four door. It's a big car with a little, little engine in it. And I kind of gave him the nod, like let's race and see what these have both automatics. Granted, this was not a race at all, but more or less you can get to up to the speed limit first. I dusted him <laughs> in this four door. racing. <laughs> no, he definitely did. No, he, he definitely tried and definitely went for it, but it was just one of those moments where I was like, 
wow, this 92, this thing is awesome. I love this car. And then of course I sold it for a crappy Integra that was blown up. <laughs> I know. And this Camry, that Camry's probably still running somewhere. It is. What's funny sure. is we had a lube tech. Uh, he only worked with us for about six months. Really good kid, but he ended up moving out uh, to a different state. He had this Camry that he had been driving for a couple of years. It was his very first car. He still had it and it, it looked like a piece of junk, but I asked him how many miles he had on it. And he was like, I don't know, actually. I never even really paid attention. I knew it, it's really high. We pulled it in. This thing had 371,000 miles on it. Jeez. Original engine, original trans from what he knew, of course. And it ran fine. We changed the oil on it, had some oil leaks. The kid drove it all the way down to Texas, and he's still driving it. That's crazy. It's just awesome. You don't you don't see that anymore. It's just like my Camry. You know, Mine, mine was a 2.4 Camry, and... The guy I sold it to is still driving it. I yeah. think at 233000 when I got rid of it. Still kicking. Yeah, absolutely. So 2.2 liter Camry? Yes. To drive. Absolutely. Buy it, get it. Buy it, get it now. <laughs> Buy Especially all of them you the, can. The cream puff with no miles on it. Might yep. need to put tires, might need to put brakes, might have a little rust, but it's going to last forever. Exactly. If you can find one at an estate sale or... Get it. Oh, that's really dark. But <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But hmm. the point is to drive, 100% to drive. All right, so I think that wraps up this segment. Yeah. We'll keep doing this to drive or not to drive thing a couple more times. Yeah. See how it goes. Send us, you know, if there's a few cars that you want us to compare or talk about or anything, yeah, send it and to then us. Get our experience on anything you've owned or looking at owning or maybe a relative owns and you really want to talk crap about it at Thanksgiving. Yeah. I can help. Absolutely. I can help. We can do that. Yep. Yeah. Thank right. you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Car Tech Garage, everybody. See ya.